0: We prayed this morning, it may have been Karen during our prayer time, that there would be a sense that the train of his robe would fill the temple. Uh, And then during our prayer, I think Ross had a sense that it was a whole rustling that was happening around him, you know. And then while we were singing that song, those words, it was like I was in the throne room of heaven. I don't know about anybody else. Um, And there was a sense, for me, there was a sense that flowing train of his robe the glory of god just following behind him you know that was a phenomenal time of worship that we carry because when we come into the house already worshiping yeah when we come into this place ready with hearts that have already been worshiping in our trials and tribulations in life and we come in we are the gatekeepers of what happens you know we as we open our hearts and we sing we actually press open a door to the heavenly realm and we experience what we experienced this morning. And we can experience that whenever we like. And I know there will be people out there that will say that that Christianity is not about an experience. Well, I'm glad that they're living their boring faith. Yeah? I'm just going to put it out there. You know, if I can't experience the team that I barrack for winning occasionally, if I can't experience my wife... Why am I barracking for them? Why am I married to her? If I can't experience my kids, why do I have them? If I can't have an encounter and experience with God, why do I have faith? Yeah, I may as well pick any of the dead gods that other people around the globe follow. Yeah. Without an encounter, without an experience, without life. I love that our God gives life. Amen. Amen. It was so cool. And and Beck, thanks for the communion message because I just think it, it's all, for me, everything is tying in this morning. I love when God does that, you know. He just, he, he knows what he's doing before we even do. <laughs> um, young Spence was here this morning. I'm assuming he's gone back home because of the pain. Uh, he was in surgery. So many people know in, the, in that house that he was in hospital. Uh, he was exceptionally unwell after East Timor, just normal sickness, food poisoning, etc., in amongst all of that, his appendix decided to go pop and he didn't know. <laughs> so he lived that way for what, four or five days? Yeah, you know, come on, there's some inner fortitude. Suck it up, be a man, don't, bit of pain, have some Panadol, <laughs> you know, right? Anyway, so surgery um, and he's recovered exceptionally well and I know that uh, we, I shared last week, the surgeon was amazed at how quickly he healed but he's still in pain and has some pain Um, while we were praying for him this morning Sal, i just i had a sense just to share with him because i know because of his scar and where they operated he's leaning towards that because yeah to to straighten up will will stretch that but there was a sense for me that god's doing what he's doing in him physically he's doing in him spiritually and there's going to be a stretching that by the time it's done he's he's actually going to stand and it's When I say a man of God, it's almost a new stature. God's creating a new stature. And I would have loved to have shared that with him. Um, Can we just pray? Now, uh, Sue Sue Fugalu comes to our church. Her daughter is in the hospital uh, having surgery right now. I don't know what that surgery is. I just got a message to say that she's in surgery at the moment. So wherever you're sitting... If you're, if you're a hand raiser, amen for that. If you're not, we'll get you there. Um, just point them to heaven and we're going to pray for Sue's daughter, Emma. So Father, we thank you for Sue and her faith. Lord, I'm not sure what's happening with her daughter right now in the hospital. I don't know what the surgery is. But what we do know is that you are the great physician. You are the healer. And Father, as we did even with Spence earlier this morning, we don't come begging you for a healing. We just come thanking you for the healing. We come, Lord, saying thank you for what you're doing right now. Thank you for leading the hands of the surgeons. Thank you for giving peace to Sue and the family. Thank you, Father, that from the moment that Emma wakes up, she'll know that she's had an encounter with the surgical doctor God that's done a work inside of her. And, Father, I know that as you do a work in her life, Lord, as she sees the faith that her mum has, Lord, I'm believing that glory will be given to you, not just in that in that surgery, not just in that healing, not just for what she's going through. But Lord, I'm believing that she's going to encounter the living God. And so we bring her before you together this morning. And all these people said, Amen. Amen. It's good to pray for one another, isn't it? Hey, like um, I'm sure I coming back, I was in Whittlesey yesterday for a Hands at Work, Mission Hands at Work Africa meeting for our trip in six weeks. And um, I, I fell asleep in the car and... If anyone who's seen me sleep, therefore has heard me sleep, and, and I reckon I'm sure that poor Robin and Mick were praying that before I hit the airplane, that would change for them. <laughs> but when I did wake, the music was louder than when I fell asleep. So that's telling me something, yeah? But I don't think I I have a complex about it, but I did share that with my wife and I asked her to pray for me and that's how I came to this story. But anyway, um, I'm realising the more that I live life at the the ripe old age of 48, that um, with everything, my faith, my family, my work, um, everything. I know I'm I'm quite old compared to some, some, aren't I, Cyril? Um, You know, my health, when I consider everything, every part of my life, I'm realizing more and more that, and this is why I love what God's already started to do, that all of us will often walk through and have hard times. We just will. It's part and parcel of living on this earth as a human, yeah? We can't escape it can't get away from it. There's not an island of happiness. You can fly over and stay there for the rest of your life. Um, I wish there was. Maybe there is. I've not discovered it. All I know is life can be swimming and then stuff just happens, you know? Stuff just happens. And it was only last week that we were looking at Holy Spirit. and, And one of the things that and roles that Holy Spirit plays is as a comforter, as an advocate. Because John 14, 16 says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. And, and the word advocate is the same word for comforter. It's a Greek word, parakletos, that means helper. But if you ever asked yourself, why did, why did Jesus, why did God, why did they decide to send me Holy Spirit? Why did they decide to send me the helper? Like we've just come to faith, yeah? You think about even the disciples back then, they're following Jesus and he says, listen, I'm going to leave you, but it's better if I do, but I'm going to send you a helper, actually an advocate. And actually, he's not just an intercessor, he's going to be your comforter. And they're like, but hold on, you're the Messiah. Now that I'm following you, life's going to be perfect, Rosie, I don't need a helper. Right? Have you ever thought about it in, in, in context? You come to faith, you say yes to Jesus. So as far as I'm concerned, we're no longer sinners saved by grace. Yeah, I was a sinner, now I'm a son of God. And as Beck put it this morning, living in heavenly places. Yeah, Because let's face it, you can't be seated in heavenly places with him if you're still a sinner. can't be sin in heaven. Yeah, It's pretty logical just to work through the theology of it all. So here I am, an adopted son of God, an ambassador of of his, and he sends me a helper. I thought from that point life was going to be pretty cruisy, yeah? And I imagine most of us probably thought the same. And And then it's dawned on me as I look back at my long, illustrious life, relationship breakup, losing a job, kids that don't listen, yeah, right? See, some sometimes you don't have to, you you don't need an example. They just come with you, yeah, yeah. Um, Mind blowing bills. You know, you know, you've got the normal bills that you pay, and then one comes, and it's like, I'll just take my life, Lord. How am I even going to pay that? Yeah, but I know no one here. You know, you're at school, you fail a test, like like Spence. Out of the blue, you just get sick, and then very sick. You know, or or this, or this, this, this has got to be why he sent the Holy Spirit. Moving house. Yeah, I I discovered yesterday that I'm 48 and I have moved house 20 times. 20, yeah. I had a life before you, Samuel, but (laughs) I just you don't (laughs) know. And the list, really, the list goes on and on. So here's a thought: maybe life's been so hard lately that these days, and tell me if this is anyone here. If you ever think like this, you're not actually sure that anything good in life can, actually, can happen for you. Has anyone ever thought that? Life's been so hard that you just sit there and think, you know what? I, I don't think anything good can ever happen in my life. I don't think it's possible. I know it's possible because I have faith in God. And I know that he can do it for everyone else. And it's not that he can't do it for me. I just don't believe it for me because life is just so hard. Yeah? Yeah? So, I want to say this to all of us here, whatever we're dealing with, I want us to know this that we're not alone and that something good can come from the tough spot that we're in, can come from our hard times. In fact, He promises it. God promises it. Think about it. Think about the fact that here we are in church because we're celebrating Jesus. Do you reckon, as we have here, you know, like it's not small, can't be missed. Yeah, can't confuse us for the for the Hindu faith. All right, yeah, it's pretty obvious that we're Christians. Yeah, we're following Jesus. Do you reckon his life was easy? Not just just our cross alone. This one, this physical one here, to get it to here it takes five. It's hard on us just to get this cross here. Imagine having to walk the road that he walked to get to the real one. Yeah, Mate, he lived. A really hard life, yeah? From the moment his ministry started and he did his stuff, it wasn't always easy. The road to the cross was huge. And I love the fact that the Son of God had to make a decision to go through it. Because doesn't he even ask his father? He says in Luke twenty-two forty-two, 42, If you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. So in his life... In what he had to face, he was like, I don't really want to go through any more hard times. You know, like it's enough. I've been beaten, ridiculed. People don't believe in me. I'm already here on earth instead of being there. Like I'm here and now I've got it. Look, I'd rather, hey dad, just take it, right? Just take it. And I would imagine that most of us in the room that are over the age of five, yeah, maybe even younger, Have all had moments when we're going through those tough, hard times where we thought, that's just, that's enough. That's absolutely enough. Here's what we have to remember when we, with our faith, is Jesus wasn't just God, he was fully man. Fully man, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. But when he came to earth, he was like us. Philippians 2, in chapter 2, verses 6 to 8, I'm actually taking you somewhere. Though he was God, because I want to focus on the promise that he has for us. Though he was God, he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. Yeah, Because if we're going to go through life, especially when stuff is tough, we have to have something we can look to and focus on that's tangible and real. Otherwise, it, it just won't work for us. Yeah? When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. So for us, right? Oops. For us, when it comes to life and to the hard times we face, we have a choice like Jesus. Yeah. He wanted he wanted an out. He spoke to his father, brought it to the light, wanted an out. Then he realizes I actually have to go through this. ...to get to my answer. I have to go through this to get to my answer. He didn't stop and wallow... yeah, ...on the Via Della Rosa. He didn't stop... ...and just... ...break down. He didn't do that. He chose... ...to continue to move... ...through his hard times. Yeah, It was hard. So... And if you, ...when you think about... ...what he had to go through... ...this is what baffles me... ...but what also excites me... ...and it's the paradox of Christianity... Because with everything that Jesus had to go through, it really, it it all sort of doesn't end with, but it starts to get serious when we get to the cross, because this is where he died, this is where his blood was shed, and you know what? We celebrate his death. Isn't that awesome? When my dad died, I celebrated his death, not, yeah? But when it comes to Jesus, we celebrate his death because it's there's something different in it, something different in the life that he lived, something different in how he lived it, something different in how he faced the hard and difficult times that he went through. Who's ever heard the saying Friday always comes before Sunday? Or or, or, or better still, you know, it's Friday, but Sundays are coming. Yeah? yeah? Do you know where it comes from? This comes from our Christian faith. What it's saying is, we're going through a really hard time right now. Yeah, it's Friday, but Sunday's coming. I, I, I can't cope with where I'm at. It's, it's a Friday type of, of day. The heart, this, this tribulation is freaking me out, but I can't get to the Sunday of the resurrection, I can't get to the Sunday of victory, I can't get to the Sunday where we rejoice unless there's a Friday. Yeah, Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah. So when I think about Jesus and the cross, we celebrate his hard times because we can see the outcome. When we're going through our stuff, it's so hard to celebrate because we don't see the outcome. We can't see the outcome, yeah. We're human. Jesus was human as well, and in his humanity, he still, yeah, moved forward. Something good can actually come from the hard times we face, yeah. believe it or not. You now we only ever call it and celebrate Good Friday because we know the outcome. And in our lives, we need to believe that when we're going through how the hard times, if this is going to be the pinnacle of our faith, the, the center point, then we need to be able to see if there's something good that comes from the cross, that there must be something good in the trial and tribulation I'm going through. Because if we don't have something to grab hold of, we will flat out wallow, crash, burn, sink and drown in the troubles and trials that life throws at us. Yeah? Yeah? Yet God promises us that something good will come from our hard times. Romans 8.28 And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. That means everything, all things, everything that you and I go through, the good, the bad, the ugly, the smelly, right, all of that, everything will work together for good. I I loved, I loved, I loved, I loved when Mark Connor was here because he, he, he touched on this. Because Mark said, um, if you remember his example, he goes, have you ever drunk fish oil? Just got inspired at home, opened the pantry, grabbed the fish oil out, open the bottle and go glug, 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 glug. He goes, yummy, not yuck. He goes, you don't do that with fish oil. He goes, but if you get the fish oil and in this ingredient and in this ingredient and in this ingredient and then you mix it all together, then when you sit down to eat it, it's awesome. Yeah? And there are so many ingredients in our homes, in our pantries alone, that we would never think of eating on their own. Whoever gets a hard clove and starts chewing on it, like, hello, yuck, but throw it in the right, there's probably somebody that does. I've just, yeah, there's always, there's always someone that wants to ruin your analogy, that wants to, ru- that wants to r- ruin the example that you've got, but that's okay. This message just isn't for you today. That's all it is, it's for everybody else. Seriously, though, there's so much stuff that we wouldn't use on its own, but together, yeah, together, it works together for good. And, and God, our God, yeah, takes all of those things, good, the bad, all of it, and he makes something good of it. If he can take the cross and give us a resurrected Savior, he can take all of our stuff at any time and give us something good. That's why I love Romans 8, 28, because this is the promise it's the place we can always come back to with every kind of trial. Because it's so clear. This has to be a key scripture for us as, scripture, as Christians when we go through hard and disappointing times. It causes everything to work together for the good of those that love Him. We've got to be able to hold on to that. Because if we can't hold on to that, we will have moments that will just drive us insane. And here, let's... Let's throw this one out there. We are never nearer to God than when we are worshipping Him in good times? Or could it be that we're never nearer to God than when we're actually troubled and going through trials and tribulations? Psalm 73 25, 26 Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail. This is someone going through anguish, right? My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Psalm 119 verse 49 and 50 says, Remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. Your promise revives me when? comforts me in all my troubles. Yeah? I love, I love this next passage of Scripture because we even sing it in one of our songs. And, and, and actually, when Mel and I were coming here to, to, to Mount Clear to Ballarat, when I was still working through all of it, I had a prophetic word. God spoke to me. In a, I was in a class with others and we were doing a devotional time. And God spoke to me. This jumped out of the page, but he spoke to me about moving to Ballarat with my family because I had all of this, all of this fear and it's, and it's this, Isaiah 43, 2, When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Because his promise is that no matter what we go through, he will cause everything to work together for good. Yeah. So even in, in those trials where you feel like you're drowning... He's still going to use that for your good somehow, though you and I can't see it. When we're walking through the fire, He's telling us you're not going to be burned, even though you're you're dying, you're sweating, you can't go through it anymore. But what's happening and what's going to happen, you will get through it, yeah? And I'm going to use that for your good somehow. Like I'm not privy to how He thinks. All I know is He can take all the rubbish I've got in my pantry and He can make a dish that all the neighbours want to come back and have seconds at. Yeah, And that's what He does with our lives. That's our Abba, our Papa, our Father God. man. And if we really want His will for our lives, then I think we have to trust Him to bring good from everything that we go through. We've got to trust him, even when it doesn't make sense. We we have to trust him because he he promises us. I love Joyce Meyer has an awesome quote. It says, no person on earth and no devil in hell can keep me from God's will. What she's saying is, I know that no matter what comes my way, no matter what's said, no matter what the enemy does, God's got it. He's going to work it together for good. I am going to keep I'm going to keep my stand, I'm going to keep my path and my track, and I'm going to move forward in Him. Nothing is going to shake my foundation. I love that. It's comforting when we can really believe that things will work out okay. It would have been the hardest thing when, when Sally was in hospital with Spence. Yes, we're all praying for a good outcome. But to be able to sit in a place and have complete and utter trust that all things will work together for good can be really hard. But that is what you and I have been given as a promise. It's a promise. It's a promise. When nothing makes sense and everything's hard, God will work it out for good. In fact... I said before that if he can take the cross and bring a resurrected Jesus to us, if he can take something like that and bring the greatest blessing that we'll ever receive, then he can use our lives and the brokenness of our lives and the hurt of our lives and the pain of our lives. You know what I think about that? When you go to some countries, yeah, um, third world developing nations, they use parts of the animals to eat, to make food with, that you and I throw away, Yeah? Like even my, Inta- my Italian heritage, pigs, trotters, you know, and they put it in, it looks like dog food when they're finished with it. It's in this jelly and they eat it. They love it. It's yuck. But they use everything, yeah? You go overseas, you go to Asian countries and you'll see spiders and crickets and scorpions all nicely toasted ready for you to eat it off a stick. Yummy. Let's go down the road, yeah? They, they use everything to get something. Our God goes over and above that because he takes all of us, not some of us, not just the best bits or the worst bits. He takes every single thing that we are and he makes something good from it. He takes the times where you've excelled, the times that you've hurt, the times that you've succeeded, the times that you've failed or fallen over, the times that you've been the one that's carrying. He takes it all and he makes you and I. Yeah. So, sitting beside you are champions—people that have been molded and are still being molded in the shape of God with everything that they're going through. Like that's exciting—that God can use me. That's why Paul was able to say, "I'm the worst of sinners. I've done this and this, and I am terrible. But the f- He still uses me. What a God! Yeah. You know, the more broken you are, the more miraculous that final plate and dish is when He's done. Yeah because he's done something far beyond what we could even possibly imagine. That's why he's giving us that promise. And the truth is, for all of us, the things that we've been through, that we're going through, and that we will go through, make us who we are. I I, I don't know about any of you, but there, there are parts of my personality that rub some people up the wrong way. Apparently so. And I've shared here from the past that I've shared here from the past that at a at an old workplace, I remember one of my first days, I overheard a boss talking to, to one of the other managers, and he said, "That's what I like about Andrew. He always has an answer when I ask him a question." Fast forward to when I left, and and the same talent and skill was that's the problem with you, Battistella. You've got an answer for everything. It's like, but I haven't changed. The, the part is, though, that God takes that and he makes me who I am, yeah? And you and I, we have to love ourselves in our pain and we have to love ourselves in our trials and in our tribulations, in the victories. We have to love what God's doing in us and through us because there is a finished product through the hard times, yeah? Don't you wish, I mean, you know, as a side note, wouldn't it be nice to grow during good times? I mean, just seriously. It would be just nice to oh today was perfect. Mel got up at six o'clock and let us sleep and she made Bacon and eggs with a side of mushrooms and some homemade baked beans while she prepared the oven for the roast for dinner. You know, she said I didn't have to go to work because she was going to go and work and she was going to bring home the bacon, literally the bacon and the bacon. And the kids were behaved, they listened to everything. Samuel said yes when I asked him to do something, no was gone, and I would sit there in this perfect world and I would be more like Jesus. She would wake me when breakfast was ready. Like that, that. I could grow in that space. I really could grow in that space. I, re- I think I would be the best pastor in Ballarat if I was in that space. That would be the perfect space. People would be coming from everywhere because I would just be becoming more and more like Jesus with ever-increasing glory in that space. But it seems, unfortunately as much as mel does all of those things <coughs> as much as she does all of those all of those things it seems we really only grow in hard times yeah it seems we really only grow during the hard times you know <laughs> Here's the, here's the reason why. when well, you've got to get up and make your own breakfast. No, no, I'm sorry. Here's the reason why. Because when we're going through hard times, when we are going through the hardest of times, they're the times that we really press into God. And that's why we grow. Not because of the hard time, but because we're pressing into God during the hard time. Because we never press as hard in the good times as we do during the hard times, uh, easy times and hard times. Why are we like that? Aren't we so fickle, humans? I wouldn't be like that, Mel, if I was living in that perfect, you know, that perfect place. I think the reason that we press into God during hard times is because we have no other choice. During a hard time, we have no other choice. If you're in the middle of a trial and a tribulation, you're facing death Whatever the circumstance may be for you, you have no other choice. You either sit there and wallow and accept it and allow the pain and the bitterness to eat you alive. Or you step over and you trust God's promise and you focus on Him that all things, even when I don't understand it, are going to work together for good. This feels like a Good Friday moment, like Jesus on the cross, but I know what He did then. I know what ended up happening, so I know the outcome is going to be victorious. I'm going to focus on that. Yeah, That's the life. So we've been given a choice. When we trust God, he gives us the comfort of knowing that he can work bad things out for good. I mean, that's a really good thought, yeah? That's a really good thought. Better still, he's right in the middle of every trial, tribulation, hard time you and I have ever been through. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present. Ever-present present not sometimes present not occasionally not when he feels like it not when he did de- finishes dealing with the the young orphan starving children in africa no no ever present help in trouble there's another promise for you you and i he's smack in the middle of it and you know what hurts me about church life this is all of us this i think we generally all do this, yeah? It's just, this is a generalization because I, I just feel like God wants us to go somewhere more. I, I had a discussion with my mentor the other day, and I said, These were my words. This was my question to my mentor the other day, and I said, When people are going through the toughest of times, how do we get them to stop withdrawing? He looked me in the eye and goes, I don't know. Well, why am I coming to see you? Hello? <laughs> Now I didn't say that right, but I thought it. Right? Like he has no answer. He doesn't have an answer for that. And so often in church life we do the opposite. If we want to grow in our heart in our hard times our only choice is to stay in it or to press into God. All the things of God. Everything that is him. Reading, prayer, worship, fellowship, church, all of it, yeah? But when life's hard, for some of us or, or you know so many of us are will step into a place where we can help others yeah like it all of us have got a heart to come alongside other people we do i'm telling you just have to listen to 3aw right and victorian's australians full stop have got a heart to help people Someone's got an issue and people come out of the woodwork and they give money to people they don't know and they offer things and do things. When someone's destitute and down and out, if you present the issue and the problem, Australians within our spirit and character rally to get alongside it. That's what it's like in church life. We're all like that. We want to shoulder that burden. We want to see that person restored and living the abundant life the way that God has purposed for us. But so often, what happens, and I'm guilty of this as well, yeah, that when we're going through hard times, we withdraw. We don't share those things. We never actually do what the scripture says by bringing the darkness to the light so the darkness can flee. We don't open up. We find it hard to worship, hard to pray, hard to come into the presence of God that says, I'm your refuge and strength, your ever-present help in your trouble, and I will take everything that you're going through and I will turn it out for good, yeah? We find it hard and difficult to press into God. We don't allow others to come close because when they come close, they'll see what we're going through. And sometimes what we're going through is shameful, yeah? And sometimes, well, you've got to hear this. This is for someone. And sometimes what we're going through makes us feel guilty. And so we don't allow people to get into a place where they can actually help us. But we'll be the first person to help someone else. And we do that not because there's anything wrong with us, it's because we're hurting. We're just hurting. But our victory, our comfort comes when we walk through our pain and we press in. When we let others in close, when we share and are open and vulnerable. And it's there that we'll grow and discover a God that's more than enough. That's why That's what Paul actually says in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, he says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. He's not saying I'm proud of where I'm broken. I'm proud of, of, of my weaknesses and the stuff I can't do. What he's saying is, I know the good that comes. So I'm going to boast about it. Because then God God will be using the children of God as, as, as his hands and feet extended, will get people alongside to carry my burden. And when I bring that hurt and that pain, that darkness to the light, the darkness has to flee. There are always two sides to everything, yeah? Even the cross had two crucifixion side and the resurrection side. And Jesus had to endure one. You know, his love endures forever. We sang that this morning, didn't we? Jesus had to endure one side to get to the other. If he hadn't have endured the cross and everything that he went through, we'd still be left without a saviour, with no forgiveness of our sins, looking at an eternity separated from him. That's pretty hellish, if you're asking me. And check it out, in his darkest time, he calls out for help to his father. Yeah, And for me, that, that for me is saying, hey, Andrew, there's your example if I am willing as a fully human man going to my death if I'm willing to say to to my father I can't do this but I need your help not my will but yours there's your example that's what you need to do because look at the outcome look at what happened when I walked through it because the older I get and the more life I live and the more I grow in my relationship with Papa not just around my waist I'm learning that that like Jesus, we have to endure the bad stuff, yeah? You, you have to hear me. We have to endure the bad stuff. It will not go away. It's not going to take... It's not going to look in your diary and say, I'm coming back next week. Yeah? It's not going to do that. Yeah, it just won't. The constant in it all is Jesus. Yeah? The constant in it all is his promises, the ever-present help. The constant in it all that I will take everything that looks like mess and I will make it good. Yeah? We need to endure like he endured. To endure means to outlast, outlast the devil. Be steadfast long enough to let the trial do whatever it's going to do in our lives so that we can get from one side of that trial to the other. Yeah? Like Jesus got from one side of the cross to the other. He endured the pain, he went from cross to resurrection. We can go, you have to hear me, we can go from our hard times, our trials. And our tribulations to our resurrection, to our victory, yeah, in Him. We can, because yeah. that's what He promises. Yeah. I often think about what He went through, and um, I, I, sometimes I wonder whether the hardest part was a Friday or if it was a Saturday in between. Sally takes, sorry for using this as an example, Sal, but it just it sits right. Sally takes her son to hospital and the hours waiting. The hours waiting. Yeah. The waiting is a killer when you're going through trials and tribulations. The waiting's a killer. See, in everything, there's a beginning, there's an end, there's a middle. And From a biblical perspective, some of the stories, Daniel didn't get saved from the lion until he was in the lion's den and spent the night yeah, in the lion's den. Imagine waiting for that rock or top or however it was constructed to be removed so you could get out. Imagine that time of waiting, yeah? What about Shadrach, Meshach and, and Bulba when they go into the fire? Yeah? They, 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 they keep praying, they're convicted, they know they're going to get thrown into the fire and then they're walking towards the fire. Now, when they get in there, we know that on the other, in the fire, but further in is, is the son, someone that looks like the son of God. Yeah? Imagine the walk to the fire. Just imagine that. Imagine going like Mel's dad to have tests done to find out if he's got cancer they, we think you do, but we're not really sure. But it looks like you have, but we can't tell for certain. But uh, let's do some tests and we'll let you know as soon as we can. The weight in between. That's got to be so hard for so many of us. But it's right in the middle of our trouble that the Lord meets us. You know, Abraham was on the way to kill his son Isaac. And he was on the way. He saw no answer. There was an answer, if he's walking up this side of the hill, there was a ram on this side of the hill. He couldn't see it. He just had to trust God. He just, fortunately, he was walking up a hill. So it's really easy. When you, Even notice when you're out and you're sort of bushwalking, and you're walking up, it's really hard, easy to focus on God because you're already looking up. Does anyone do that naturally when you pray? You just look up? Yeah? Like, I think a majority of people do. That we Generally, we look up. If we're going through some really hard times, catch this in yourself. When you're going through some really hard times, you'll catch yourself doing this when you pray. But when things are good, you'll look up, yeah? Just for your own benefit and and work some of the stuff that's going on inside for yourself, yeah? So Abraham's walking up, but the answer's on the other side. So he's got all of that time, all of that journey before he discovers anything that wait, that middle period, for you and I through our hard times. And some of us, some of you are right there right now. It hasn't been going for a short time. Some of you may be something that's really new, but you can't see an end. You're in the middle of it. All I can say is, like Jesus, from the Friday through to the Sunday, and for the theologians, we know he probably died on Wednesday and all that sort of stuff, but for the period in between, yeah, We have to stay focused. We have to hold on to the promise that he's our ever-present help in our trouble. We have to remember that he can work all things together, all things together for good. The beginning can be hard and the end, if we could see our end, if Abraham could see the ram, right, and understand what God was about to say, he would have been totally excited. But it's in that middle. And sometimes the middle's even harder and that's why we have to know the promise. So I'm not sure who I'm talking to today but we need to remember that when we're going through the middle of something, Sunday always comes after Friday. Yeah? Yeah. Sunday always comes after Friday. We have to outlast the devil. And when we do, we'll enjoy the blessings that come. That's why it says in Psalm 23, The Lord's my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Get verse 4. And even though we... Let's change it. You can say I, but even though all of us in this room at some time in our lives, if we're not there now, you will be again. And if you haven't already been there, it's coming, right? Even though we walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. You're right and your staff. They comfort me because he's our ever-present help in our trouble. We just have to remember he's there. Just have to remember to press in. We need to remember to let others in close, yeah? So they can shoulder burden with us. We need to hang in there through the Saturday because Sunday's coming. And our answer is just on the other side of the hill. We are going to go through different hard times. We just have to learn to endure it like he did. And when we're faced with those hard times, the only way to get through it is through it. Did you get that? The only way to get through your hard times is through it. You can't go around it. Psalm 30 verse 5. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favour lasts a lifetime. But it's this part. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. Yeah? There's victory coming. There's victory coming. I'm going to work all things together for good. I'm your ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 7120, You've allowed me to suffer much hardship, but you will, not maybe, you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. Why don't we stand? Because we need the promises of God to get us through the stuff when life is just... They would say at the local high school sucks. We can't say that here. When life is terrible... Yeah. Sometimes we've just got to be real. Life can be really sucky, yucky, mucky. But he promises us that stuff will be good. See, so it's, not, it's not what we go through that's important because it differs for all of us. Your trial's not mine and mine is not yours and your tribulation isn't even going to affect somebody else but it's going to crush somebody else. It's not what you go through that's important. It's how you go through it. Will you press? Will you let others in? Will you be transparent or will you withdraw? You know, today some of you may be going through some things and you've been wondering, what's wrong? What have I done wrong? Why, 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 why? And I know no one here has ever asked that question but me. But I want to say this, you haven't done anything wrong. It's not a punishment. It's not from Father God. He's a good God. He doesn't give you hard times to teach you a lesson. He doesn't do that. That is a theology from the deepest pits of hell. He will use what you go through for his glory. I will take everything and work all things together for good. It doesn't say I will bestow upon you all things. Yeah. You've not done anything wrong. Whoever you are, whatever you're going through, For those that have got stuff that's out in the open and those that are struggling with something secretly, you've done nothing wrong. It's not your fault. It's life. But God gives you a promise that he's there all the time. He's your ever-present help. And he will work all things together for good. So therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. We would just close our eyes for a moment. If I could ask you to do that. Let's speak some hope into us all, amen? Because we need to break what is such a common reaction, not just in church life, but in the world. When people are hurting, the enemy has so, so poured out shame and guilt that they withdraw. It happens everywhere. We see it in our kids. We see it in teenagers. We see it in adults. They go through things, but you would never, ever know. Yeah? 2 Corinthians 4 8, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we, we, he's talking to the believer, the Christian, the Jesus fanatic, yeah? But we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. And then if we jump in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 to verses 16 to 17, this is why we press in, this is why we endure. And it says at verse 16, This is why we never give up, though our bodies are dying. I'm going through some stuff, man. Our spirits are being renewed every day because He's our ever-present help in our troubles. For our present troubles are small. In comparison to that, the cross, they're small. But I know they're big when you're going through them. But the scripture, again, is for us to take away, to encourage us. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet, yet they produce for us a glory. Oh, if we can just get through Saturday yet. A glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So this is what I'm going to do. What's a time? maybe 49 just some music something in the background maybe just keys if if she's if im's here play that if you can play that i don't know if it works well on the piano but you know the holy 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 part um karen if you want to jump on with the guitar if you're here cuz it might help if not that's cool I'm going to open the altar for prayer because I think some of us are carrying some stuff we need to give to God and I'm going to suggest that some of us need to be able to refocus and we need to understand completely and fully and utterly that regardless of our trial, tribulation or hard time that he will take all things and he will work them together for good. Yeah? yeah Isaiah 41 the Lord says to us don't be afraid don't be afraid when you're going through life's hard times don't be afraid when you don't have the answers don't, don't be afraid when you're going through this stuff I'm, I'm your ever present help don't be afraid for I am with you don't, don't be discouraged it, it'll be okay For I am your God. And where you find yourself right now, I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will take what you're going through no matter how bad and I will work it together for good. And I will hold you up with my victorious, victorious, my winning, my triumphant, my getting the back of my chariot and share what I've already given you jump in with my victorious right hand can you sing that holy 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 if you've got stuff that you're going through don't allow shame and guilt to rob you from a moment like this you know why because we do it all the time but if you've got stuff you need to give to God whatever it is it's between you and him then while we sing holy holy come and bring it to him And if you just need your focus to shift, to realize that He is your ever-present help, to realize that He will take that thing that you're going through and He'll work it together for good, then the altar's open. And for the rest of you, if that's not you, just sing this for the moment.